Well, I don't think uh, either the lieutenant governor of the state of New York nor I ever thought that uh, her return to JM and the AM would be under these circumstances in New York State, in the United States, and the world. Uh, With that in mind, it is a pleasure uh, to welcome back to our airwaves the lieutenant governor of the state of New York, the Honorable Kathy Hochul. Lieutenant Governor, welcome back to JM and the AM. Nakam, thank you so much for having me once again and the opportunity just to say hello to your listeners and give an update and certainly respond to any of your questions. But these are extraordinary times, without a doubt. That is for sure. Are you and your family doing well through all this? Yes, we certainly are, and thank you for asking. And uh, and hopefully yours is in a, your family is safe and in a good place. And there's just tremendous fear out there. I mean, even when you feel your family's protected one day, all of a sudden, your life can be turned upside down, and someone you know contracted the virus, and you're worried about spread, or you may have a loved one or a friend who's already affected. And this is just going to have a ripple effect throughout our community for some time into the near future. No question about it. Um, there, there are many aspects of this to discuss. Because of your position as chair of the Regional Economic Development Council, I, I, I turn to you and ask you if you think that the New York State economy can survive what we're going through with the unemployment now the way it is and with businesses essentially, the non-essential ones, having to been having to be closed down, do you think the state can survive? The state will have to survive. We are survivors in New York. It's in our DNA to come through adversity with more strength than ever before. We saw that after 9-11. We've seen that in many episodes, you know, dealing with a hurricane that uh, destroyed many of our properties, flooded the subway, for goodness sakes, who would have foreseen that? But we are resilient in New York. We will come back. And the good news is is that while we are 1,000% laser-focused on saving lives and increasing hospital capacity and encouraging people to socially distance, simultaneously I am working with our economic development team in my capacity as chair of the regional councils to make sure that we're already communicating with the businesses, letting the small businesses know that there's federal money available. Businesses under the under 500, actually, there's a program starting today right. where they can get loans. So we are focused on the immediate relief for businesses and families, but I'm already have a, working on a game plan with each individual community of how we come out of this. So we won't find out that this is now over and let's start thinking about the economy those conversations and plans are already going on as we speak. So that's why I feel confident that it'll take some time. I don't know what the new normal is going to look or feel like in the New York State economy, but the governor and I are focused on making sure that that all New Yorkers are protected now, but that we get back to an economy that is productive and something we're all proud of uh, as soon as humanly possible. The Honorable Kathleen Hochul is with us, Lieutenant Governor of New York. Uh, I know the present and the future is much more important to talk about, but for a moment, can you discuss how difficult it was uh, for the governor and your administration to make the decisions that had to be made, the closing of the schools, the closing of bars and restaurants? We know the repercussions. That whole process must have been agonizing. Absolutely, and I thank you for recognizing that. These are these are actions that are not taken lightly, but when you quantify, you know, dollars and economic growth and prosperity on one side, which is something we all have been fighting for uh, since you know, the governor was elected. He had a turnaround in, in an economy that was really not doing well. So that's been, they're so proud of the accomplishments, you know, throughout New York City, the, you know, Westchester, Long Island, Brooklyn, and so many areas are coming back. But then you just ask yourself, but what is the value of human life? 
And if we take steps now, as painful as they are and and affecting Wall Street and our economy, but we can save people's lives and stop the spread of this heinous disease to destroy lives and, and just you know, just do something that is horrific, which is to take away human life. I don't think it's a tough equation then. And I think the it definitely, in our opinion, the it tips toward protecting human life at all costs. And that's where we're at. And that's the decision we had to make once we realized that social distancing, keeping people from each other, was the only answer to stop the spread. It truly, truly was. And can you imagine if we had not taken these steps? And if people are still showing up in the workplace and still gathering for celebrations, and I know this is going to be hard, and I and I want to wish everyone a happy early Passover here, mm-hmm. and this will be a very different Passover, very different seders than we ever experienced. Oh yes, <laughs> and and we're going to have to figure all that out, and everyone has to figure out how to use their cell phones to have virtual family gatherings <laughs> so we don't lose the beauty of those traditions. But but it is it is worth it when we know that it could have been far worse had we not take what seem to be very dire and drastic steps, and that's what we're going to have to live with. And you only can make the decisions based on the facts that are in front of you. And when you see a trajectory of new cases skyrocketing upward, and you have to say, how do we flatten the curve? How do we stop that from going up? Because otherwise, we will lose lives because the hospital system will be so overwhelmed, we won't have the ventilators and the help they need to keep them alive. So, you know, I... I'm glad you framed it that way. You know, to understand that it was it was, you know, heart wrenching decisions that had to be made. But when we protect children in schools and protect our senior citizens, our most vulnerable, who've been there through, you know, some of these are still survivors of the Holocaust. Right. And, you know, they've been, what they've been through. If we don't, you know, honor their lives and do everything we can to protect them and, and keep them safe. Then, then what are we all about? So that, that's that's what had to go into the decision-making. You know, uh, New York is often called the center of the world, certainly the center of the United States. Now, ironically, unfortunately, we're the epicenter of this uh, terrible crisis. Um, I, I know that we can't speak, and thank God, you know, as we said, thank God, the, you know, those who are healthy don't have to go through this, but the, the hospital experience obviously is very, very challenging in New York. I'm not minimizing it. Nonetheless, for the average person who, thank God, is not in the hospital right now, I think I could speak on behalf of the citizens of New York in saying that it seems that the the governor and the panel, the governor yourself and those that he has up there, you know, updating our state on a daily basis, exude, you know, respectful confidence in the ability to handle this and are staying and remaining very calm yet very firm in terms of what we need to do as citizens and in terms of what they need the state and federal government to do? Would would you evaluate it in that way? Absolutely. And when you think about the leadership of our country and, and the other states, they, they are all learning from what we're doing here in New York. And we've, we're proud of how many times we've led on so many other initiatives. I mean, you just think about the fact that, you know, just this couple of days ago, we passed the very first Domestic Terrorism Act, and they named in honor of Rabbi Newman, who tragically lost his life. So we, we were in New York State, we do something, and the rest of the nation is now taking note of what we do. They always have. But now we hope that others will adopt the most uh, you know, aggressive you know, action against domestic terrorism, which is the hate crimes against many individuals, unfortunately many who are members of the Jewish community. So I, we, we are used to leading, and it is very commonplace for other states to look to us for leadership, but never did we ever expect that the governor would literally be leading the national response to this 
in the absence of clear early leadership, which we really could have benefited from in our nation. And the governor sounding the alarm early on, saying what we had to do, and saying we have to have more capacity in our hospitals, we need more staff, we need more equipment, and really forcing the hand to make sure that we have the Javits Center now in response to the governor asking for help from the Army Corps. We now have a ship in our harbor that's going to be able to help us take care of a 1,000 people at a time. We also have, you know, social distancing policies and, and programs that other states are modeling. So that, I think that's something that, you know, when you're in the heat of this battle and it's intense and it's hot there and you're just trying to figure out survival day to day, but when you step back for a minute as, a, as New Yorkers who are just watching the governor on his news conferences every day, he does exude confidence that you know, our team is just top-notch. They, we always assemble the best and the brightest in New York State. And this is a role that we, we welcome. I mean, it is hard to be the biggest state hit this way, the largest concentration of people who have contracted the virus and the largest loss of life. It is painful that each, every, every, each and every single life has value. And now there's a, an empty chair for family celebrations. You know, Passover coming up, there's going to be a lot of people who are mourning the loss of a loved one yeah. during what should otherwise be a joyous family occasion. We recognize all that. But this is what we do in New York. I mean, this is this is our opportunity to show the nation if you just have calm, confident leadership, you can work through these situations. And it is, it is almost in a strange way good that New York was the first because we are better prepared than anyone with a governor in our administration that anticipated this, putting controls in place, making tough decisions early on. And what we will get out of it sooner as well, I and mean, that is the only upside of being hit so hard now that we believe that what the governor calls the apex, the height of this, the top of the mountain, will occur much sooner than other parts of the nation. And when we start our recovery, this is going to allow us to resume whatever the new normal is going to look like at a more quick, at a rapid pace, at a sooner pace than other states that won't see their peak. I was just listening to the head of the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio. He anticipates their peak in Ohio will be sometimes June and July. I mean, think about that when we think about how hard it is for people to be distanced from each other and their lives disrupted here in New York. We went through this in March. We're going through it in April. We don't know we don't know the end game. I'm not gonna make any predictions. But all we do know is that logic dictates that we will be through this sooner than other areas that haven't haven't even seen anything close to heading up toward that peak yet. It seemed... we'll be we'll be able to lead and show others how we get our economy jump started as well. Yeah, and that uh, I, I guess that has to wait obviously until we see how things turn around. Hopefully uh, by the end of April, uh, it, it seems like your administration is uh, preparing for the worst case scenario while hoping and praying that the citizens of New York State are smart enough to follow the rules and never get, God forbid, to the worst-case scenario. When you watch the graphs that the governor displays, he shows how many hospitalizations we anticipate, uh, depending on how much we contain the spread. And containing the spread is not up to the, the doctors and the nurses. They see what happens when the spread has not been contained. But each community has, within themselves and each family, has the power to stop that spread by adhering to rules that we've been you know, literally begging people to follow for, for weeks now. And we're starting to see some evidence, nothing that we can put numbers behind, that you know, we believe that we can slow this spread when there are people that are not spreading it to each other. It's very simple to understand. I understand the human toll. People 
are, are naturally wanting to be with others and particularly older citizens living alone already. And the only joy in their lives may have been a visit from the, the family, the dinners, the grandchildren coming to visit. And that sense of loneliness has to be so compounded. But that's why we have to continue to pick up the phone and, and just communicate with people. And, and I try to package up food if I'm home and making some extra meals and take them down to my neighbors. And, you know, just not that I'm talking to them in person, but through the door and saying, hey, there's an extra meal here for you tonight. And that's how we're going to protect it ourselves, but also protect society. And that's anyone who violates that is really being selfish because you may not care about your own life for some reason. You may not may be cavalier and say, well, I'm fine. I'm not going to worry about it. I'll deal with it if it happens. But what does that do to another family that doesn't want to lose a loved one or doesn't want to see their family members suffer? It is insensitive. And oh, yeah. you know, we, start, we started out saying, you know, please adhere to this. People weren't listening. People were still congregating in playgrounds and playing basketball and having close physical contact with each other. And what is that doing? So and I know with, again, the, the religious observances coming up, and, and it's going to be painful for people. But let's just, you know, God, God allowed us this to happen. He wants to see how we get through this. We are strong, resilient people. The spirit, human spirit should never, ever be underestimated. Um, I'm glad you brought this up, and we'll wrap up with this. I know you have to go, uh, Lieutenant Governor. But th- there are people that, that like to use this opportunity for finger-pointing. Uh, whether it's the Jewish community, the Asian community, and many others, and demographics, young people, uh, you know, single people. I mean, every demographic you can imagine has been blamed in some way. Uh, can you? Can you? And I'm sure your your uh, administration pays careful attention as to who is and who is not adhering to the rules. C- could you tell us and just reassure us that the overwhelming majority of every community, thank God, is cooperating? And every community or every segment of New York State society, unfortunately, has its people that, as you just described, are either selfish or, or not smart enough or think they know better and, uh, you know, and, and unfortunately go against the rules. But I, I, I think it's important for this audience, you know, you know the audience you're speaking to, I think it's important for this audience to hear that you as a government official acknowledges that the overwhelming majority of people uh, are, are taking this very seriously. Oh, by far they are, Absolutely. And if we you know, refer to the Jewish community, I thank them for following these practices. Again, there'll be exceptions in every community. I mean, no doubt about it. But they are not the rule. There are a lot of people that are concerned about each other. Uh, the, the Jewish community is very supportive of themselves and, and others, but they also are outward thinking. They're always very philanthropic. They're always thinking about other people and how they can help alleviate people from pain. There is no way that anyone would intentionally put someone in harm's way because of their own actions. So there is that tight sense of responsibility that I feel exuding from the Jewish community in, the, in these difficult times, and, and they should know that we are aware of this. And if there are any uh, any anything associated with saying elsewhere, we, we, will, we will be very happy to shoot it down. And any acts of anti-Semitism that arise because of this, and they're going on, I guarantee it, because there's a lot of fear and anger, and people are looking for targets to take it out on. Right. And we are we are sick and tired of this, uh, the Jewish community being subjected to this, which is why we enacted a tough law that we hope will be a deterrent, that people realize that we take this very seriously and we equate any kind of attack that results in death, as we horribly saw in Muncie, just uh, just the, the loss occurring this past Monday, right. uh, we're going to treat it as if it's a terrorist act. And you need to know that you are 
you are a terrorist if you do this. And that's what's important to let people know. But I think that I will defend the Jewish community and other communities because they should not be judged by the actions of a few. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, let's make a deal that a year from now, I mean, I hope you're on before that, frankly, but a year from now before Passover, we we get on the phone again together and look back uh, with great nostalgia about this period of time, and hopefully we'll be able to wish people a, a proper Passover together with their families. Absolutely, but I will offer a, an early happy Passover to everyone, and uh, uh, this is this is what we have been, the challenge we've been given, but I guarantee uh, as throughout history, the, the community will rise to it, and, and we'll, we'll be better for it somehow. We just have to figure out what the new future is going to look like, but we'll have those conversations going forward. So thank you for the opportunity to say hello. Much appreciated. Words of encouragement from people like you are so vital right now. Thank you so much, and stay healthy, and best to your family. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul, Lieutenant Governor of the State of New York, this is a Friday morning edition of JM in the AM.